0: maybe you can relate. In midlife, many of us find ourselves solidly within our comfort zone. You know, life has just kind of settled out and there we are and everything's fine. But fine is a dangerous place where life can turn stagnant and dreams go to die. And so Lori Sates, who is the CEO of Zen Rabbit and the host of the podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word, discusses how she transitioned her life from being just fine to one she's really excited about. And and I will say it wasn't an easy transition. It took several years. And over the course of those several years, her mom passed away, her business stalled out, and she left a two-decade marriage. And so we discussed the challenges and traps of being, quote-unquote, fine, the importance of trusting yourself, and her three-step process, which she calls F being fine. And so she also shares her approach to finding gratitude, even in those tough situations, and creating the space in your life to hear yourself. Uh, it's a great episode, really excited to share it. Can't wait for you to hear it. And so if you're ready to play bigger, create an amazing midlife, well, let's get started. We, we've got Lori Seitz on today, and you are the CEO of Zen Rabbit. What is Zen Rabbit about, and who are you, and what are you about, Lori?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Brock. We uh, Zen Rabbit has gone through, like like many of us in midlife now, Zen Rabbit has gone through many transitions actually. So when when I started the company in 2003, it was a baking company and I was selling and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie. So based on a family recipe, kind of a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie and marketing it as a tool for businesses to say thank you to their clients. So yeah, ran that business for 11 years. Not how I was going to say, ran it into the ground. I did not. I I couldn't scale it the way I wanted to, and I shut it down. Then I started teaching networking strategies for what I was calling quiet people, because people who are like in, intimidated to walk into a room and start a conversation with somebody they don't know. Because that was a skill I had to learn when I started that first business, and um, yeah. So I was teaching people how to how to be more effective at networking at events and then pandemic and nobody was going anywhere. So transition again, you know, this is, this is life, right? It's constant transitions and change and came back to that whole idea of talking about gratitude and started creating gratitude, creating meditations. I created a meditation for a five-day Facebook experience. It was called the gratitude experience. And I created a meditation for that. And then someone asked me to customize that So I got into creating customized meditations and not customized meditations, launched my own podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word, and each of those have a meditation. So I'm really into now teaching the meditation and and on the personal side, going through a lot of transition there. When I shut down that first business, that was in, in the baking company, 2014. At the same time, not because of, but it just coincided, my mom passed away from an aggressive form of leukemia. So she was diagnosed and then gone in like six weeks. And that was the, that was the point where I really started evaluating. Do I want to continue living my life the same way I have been living it? Not that it was terrible, but just what do I want to do different moving forward? She was only 73. So how many years do we get? We don't know. What do I want to do differently moving forward? And one of the things that I decided to do differently was uh to leave my marriage. Not right away. I didn't not right after my mom, but several years because everything was fine. You know, <laughs> fine <laughs> well, is a is an okay place to live, but it's not great.
0: Yeah. So well let, let's send I mean you just gave us a lot to talk about. There, <laughs> Laurie, which is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you know, so one, you 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 know, a lot of times when we get to midlife, what I find is kind of a a couple different situations. One is people are still trying to figure out what they want to do when they grow up Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of gone through several transitions, haven't quite nailed it down or kind of in this fine state of, yeah, they've got a career. It's, you know, it's solid. It's paying the bills, whatever, but it doesn't set their heart afire. It it just, it's just there. And on one hand, they're kind of on this balance point of they probably got 20, 30 years invested in that career. On the other hand, It probably got another 20, 30 years to work. (laughs) Right. And and so, you know, that's a tough balance. And and yet you've done, I I mean, I can see the theme kind of going through your, I mean, you went from gratitude cookies and, and, you know, building on that, what you learned in that business, helping others network and then returning to gratitude. And yet those are all very, very different businesses and approaches as you're going through. And then of course your mom passing and that throw a divorce in there. That's been a busy few years, kind of in the mid-20-teens <laughs> yes, there.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So for, for now, I mean, looking back on kind of that time, which was what, probably five, six years ago, mm-hmm. that period, what did you take most from it? I mean, I, I know in the chaos of it all, you're, you're learning lots of stuff. But now as you look back on it, kind of what, what's been the biggest pieces for you?
1: It's that we have to do what you said is what, what lights your soul on fire, Like a lot of people do spend their entire lives in fine and that's, that's okay, I guess for some people, but a lot of people want more, but they're afraid. So it's, it's looking back, it's yeah, it's going to suck in the transition pieces. It just does. It's hard and it hurts no matter what it is and it's worth it on the other side.
0: Well, and that's a tough transition because, you know, we, there, there's all kinds of stories out there, particularly in the personal development world of people who hit like rock bottom and then, you mm-hmm. know, restructured their whole life and came back and are doing amazing things. You know, when you've got nothing to lose, it's easy to easy mentally to go, I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> right. When, when things are fine, you do have something to lose. You have, I mean... It's okay. It's comfortable. It's the devil. You know, you can live with it. You have been living with it. So there is like, I I don't know, I kind of that balance point of how do I leap here when it's not terrible? When, you know, maybe if I just get it out for a little while longer, maybe something will change, you know, from, from your own experience. So you made the leap. So what kind of what helped do that, even though things were, you know, fine.
1: Yeah, that is exactly it. Fine is comfortable and so people are, it's hard to leave, you know, a warm blanket where I think we at some point reach like okay, I just I just can't be fine anymore. Our souls are designed to grow and you know there there's that saying that if you're not growing you're dying. That's really that really is true. I think there's a sense of a quiet desperation when you're living in fine. And yeah, it's easy to stay there because it is, it is comfortable. It is, um, there's nothing that was part of my issue too. You know, it wasn't terrible. Those first 20 years, there was not, they, they were fine. So I think it's just, it's a soul yearning kind of thing. And so here's the thing. I think you have to get quiet enough to hear the voice. And we, a lot of people had that opportunity during pandemic. And because before that we're so distracted and busy that we don't even hear that voice crying out for more. We keep burying it in, you know, running around uh, with work or with kids or with whatever distractions we can find to not have to listen to our own inner voice. And when you are given the opportunity or forced, some people are forced, uh, to have to listen to it. Then when you start hearing it, you're like, okay, well, I don't think I can stay here. Like, yeah, it's comfortable and fine, but it's almost like you don't have a choice. Like I have to do this.
0: Well, and I can imagine. So even as you're getting to that place yourself, mentally, you know, our, our friends or family are around us, when we're talking maybe about making big changes and I mean, the, the obvious question is, well, isn't everything okay? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's okay. And I know we don't need to convince the the world or get permission from the world to do this, but there is also those voices coming in beyond our own voices in our head telling us, uh, eh, it's okay. How did you find those conversations or, or, or did you find those conversations?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good piece of insight to to ask for because... It is about trusting yourself cuz right you are going to have those outside voices whether they're your family, your friends, social media, they are coming in and that again that's why it's so important to tra- tap into your own inner voice but yeah it's it was really hard for me to make this decision. So I walked up to the edge of the cliff if you will so many times and then I backed away. Like having to have that conversation with my husband, like this isn't working for us. And he, we both knew it for years. We knew it, but it was fine. So let's just stay in. Or like you said earlier, like, let's just keep working on it. Let's just, if I just work harder, it'll work if we just, yeah. And he wouldn't go to counseling. So that was another thing that, but but maybe that would have helped. Maybe not, but, but having that conversation. Like, this isn't working. We need to do something different, or I'm just going to leave because this isn't working anymore. <sighs> Man, that walking up and, and like, okay, well, I, maybe I can do it Friday night. Okay, no, wait. He's, he, he had a terrible day at work. Not, not tonight. Okay, Saturday. I don't want to ruin the weekend. All right, Sunday. No, he's going back. I don't want to mess up his whole week. Like, you're constantly walking on eggshells, or that's how I felt anyway. And I've heard from other people that they felt the same way afraid to do the thing. And so whether it's having a hard conversation, um, with a spouse or a partner or a a boss, whatever it is, you, you have to kind of, that's why it helps sometimes to have friends or a coach who can push you. I always like say, like, hold your hand and kick your ass at the same time (laughs) to get you to the point where you're like, okay, I trust myself enough to, to have this conversation? Because if you don't, then you're going to die with regrets. So yeah. do you want the pain of sacrifice now or the pain of regret later?
0: Yeah, I, I think someone once said something like, you know, di- discipline weighs ounces, regrets weigh tons, something like that. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. just the, and, but we, we can... Transition discipline just to the idea of taking that action of just moving that forward, the small pain now versus versus looking back at the end of our life or as we get closer and thinking, wow, you know, what if this was a mistake? What, what if I could have done something different? That's a rough place to be.
1: It is. It's, it's you know, it's the discipline of being true to yourself. And one of the things I had such, such tremendous guilt about leaving the marriage. But one of the things that my husband said to me a while after, because I said something about like, do you think we could still work it out? And we had been apart for like two years at that point. And he said, no, because we are, we would have to compromise who we are as individuals too much to make it work together. And that was like a light bulb moment because You, of course, have to make compromises in relationships. And again, whether it's a relationship with another person in in a job, in a whatever kind of situation, there are compromises to be made, but it's different to say, okay, I feel like having Thai food tonight, but you want Italian, so I'll go that that way, (laughs) versus compromising who you are at your core. That's not okay. And that's what a lot of people are doing in staying in situations where they are fine. They're compromising who they are. And so, but going back to the, the discipline, it's the discipline of being true to who you are. And so a question
0: for, for you here, Lori. So I have noticed okay. that, you know, when we're young, we're, we're constantly thinking about who, who are we, you know, how, how do we fit into the world? And then it feels like a lot of times we go through this decade, two decade, three decade long transition (laughs) where, you know, we're living life, we're we're building our careers, we're having families, we're, we're getting involved in our community, you know, whatever it is. And we're less focused on who are we? One, we've got more life experience. We have a little better handle on it. And two, as you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of distractions. And I don't mean that in a light way. There's just a lot going on in life that maybe we're just not focused on who, who we are. And it, I, I talk to people and, you know, it seems like we can get into our, our 40s or 50s or 60s and realize weirdly that, hey, maybe we don't really know who we are or, who we thought we were perhaps isn't who we're actually finding out we've become.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. We don't, we don't, we get distracted, we don't pay attention to who we are. What is it that I want? And so I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day. Her her parents are are have been married for like 50 years, and her dad is sick now, and her mom is terrified because. She's afraid to lose him, of course. But more than that, what my friend was telling me that she's getting intuitively, or what she's picking up from it, is that her mom is more is afraid to be without him because she doesn't know who she is. Because Mm -hmm. she has been with him for so long that she's never, she hasn't she doesn't know who she is as an individual. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what happens to a lot of us is. We are in relationships or any kind of situation where we don't bother to stop and check in with, okay, right? Who am I now? Because we do change. Things change. We, we grow, hopefully we're growing, we're maturing, in, and our souls want different things in their 20s and 30s than in their 50s and 60s. Like It's just a natural development. It's, it's part of our evolution as individuals. So yeah, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't meditate when I was in my twenties and thirties, even forties, but now I do because that's like we just find different things. Some people take up skiing when they're in their 50s or you know, painting, whatever it is.
0: It is an evolution. And I think we often forget that at any point in our life we we can stop and rethink you know we we just get caught up in things and don't necessarily do it or or don't even know how to do it at that point like like you mentioned your friend's mom who has defined herself through this relationship versus as an individual within the relationship it sounds like and you know, as, as we're talking about fine, I, I can't help but be reminded. I don't know if you remember the the remake of the Italian Job came out like 20 years ago, and I can't believe that was already 20 years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: But but in the movie that you know, Donald Sutherland has the line that you know, fine stands for what? What is it? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional.
1: Uh huh. I've heard that. It, yeah.
0: That seems to fit like we're fine. We're holding it together. Like we're not falling apart, but you know, the noise is strong in our minds. And what, what are some tools? What are some approaches we can use to kind of start all these things, shifting out of fine, figuring out who we are or how we want to fit into the world, quieting the distractions enough to be able to do that. Like, where does someone even start?
1: Yeah. So I have a, a coaching program for individuals. That is called F being fine. I mean, I don't know if you want me. To actually, I don't know how uh, rated. If this is PG or a rated R, but it within that program, there are three pillars that I call the trilogy for success, and they are gratitude, connection, and courage. So, if we start at gratitude and finding gratitude everywhere in our life, in every situation that's going to change your state. It changes your physical state. It changes your biochemistry in your brain, which changes how you are physically and then emotionally and psychologically and puts you in a better a better place. I mean, we we live in a world that is so anxious right now. So how can we find things to calm us down? And we each need to take responsibility for that. In ourselves, like you can't change another person, you can't. You know, can't say, "Well, they make me mad." No, you are (laughs) choosing to. So, how can you choose to find gratitude? And one of the one of the exercises. Can I share this exercise with people?
0: Oh, absolutely. With your your listeners, I I, I would have asked you about it anyway. So, okay,
1: all right, cool. So, so off before we started recording, we were talking about complaining people complaining and one of the exercises that i give my my clients is that when you catch yourself cuz you will i mean we're we're human we complain there are things that we don't like we complain about it but when when you catch yourself you add on but i'm grateful for so ah i can't believe it's snowing again i hate the snow this sucks this is you know whatever i but i'm grateful that I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to drive anywhere in the snow today. What is it that every every situation you can find gratitude if you look for it? You probably heard the, the saying, you know, you're always going to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for things to complain about, you will find them. If you're looking for things to be grateful for, you will find them.
0: So. Yeah, I I love that that addition to it, that the complaint but I'm grateful for. I mean, because yes, some of us are in such a habit of complaint that it's like, we're surprised there's traffic every morning, you know, just (laughs) who knew, who knew it's only been that way the last decade. And so that seems to jar us out of it, but there's also situations like you mentioned, where it's just, you know, something about that day has gone wrong, has gone bad. And it's, you know, can be easy to get into a funk or get stuck on those things. And so I, 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 I guess I really appreciate just the acknowledgement of, yeah, I'm not ignoring it. I'm not ignoring the problem, not pretending it doesn't exist, not going all Pollyanna, just there it is. And (laughs) there's all this other stuff that's good or from the situation, good stuff will come. So anyway, there's not really a question there. I just kind of, I really like that approach. I've never seen that before and and I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. There's a specific reason to use the word, but because Mm. we're told that, in a lot of most cases, to not use the word, but because it negates the first part of the sentence. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job, but I'd like to see you <laughs> do this. Well, now they just didn't even hear the first part. Right. In this case, we're using it deliberately because we want to negate the complaint and have the mind focus only on the gratitude part.
0: That's funny because just as we were talking about it, I, Looking back, I know I went to the and I, I you know, I've trained myself oh. to say and rather than but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so which just... is great. <laughs> every other situation.
1: <laughs> In every other situation, right? That's why I pointed out we are deliberately using that word yeah. now.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I I like that a lot. Okay, so so gratitude and, and so that also seems to help us find those, those pieces, even when things seem really dark. Yeah. Like like we're not even ha- as I look at this, as I'm thinking about it, it's not even like we have to counter like this massive thing. Like, you know, you mentioned your mom passing away. Like that's kind of a big, terrible thing. And yet there's still small things. We don't have to like find something that's even better, bigger in our lives. Just what is good out there?
1: Right. We're not saying don't feel emotions, sad, uh, sad, anger, whatever you're feeling is valid. I'm not negating that. I'm saying you, and you can still find gratitude in the situations and gratitude is the highest gratitude and love are the highest energetic vibrations you can get to. So why wouldn't you want to feel good? I mean, again, we're human. We feel emotions like sadness and anger, we don't want to stay there, though. Some people live their whole lives there. I can't imagine how awful that would feel.
0: Well, I always think of it as everyone needs a hobby, and for some people, that's their hobby. <laughs> At least that's my that, that's my only explanation. True. Now, what? what <laughs> and, and maybe that's making. light light of bad situations. I don't know, but well, why? So gratitude, very, you you just said very, very powerful emotion right up there with with love. And why don't we hear more about it? I mean, we all know we should be thankful for stuff and you know, there there are gratitude journals out there in the world and all Mm. that, but I don't see a lot of people laying out like, Hey, if you want to change your life, (laughs) if you want to change your mindset, if if you want to live in a different emotional space, go here. Or we mentioning the power behind it. I mean, I I guess I think of as one of those things like, yeah, I know I should do it. Like, I know I should eat less sugar too. But you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't feel good,
0: right? But but not like the oh no, this is the place to start. Like,
1: yeah,
0: if nothing else, do that. And, and so when people start focusing on bringing more gratitude into their lives or focusing more on their their gratitude, what do they start noticing? Like w- with your clients, what what are some of the changes or effects that they feel from that.
1: Yeah. Well, you feel, you just feel better again. You feel happier, more joyful. Doesn't mean that crazy things aren't going on. You're just responding to them differently. And I say responding as opposed to reacting, because when you start practicing gratitude, you, you are changing the biochemistry in your brain. So what's happening in your brain is your your brain is releasing more serotonin and more dopamine, which are those feel good chemicals and releasing less cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So if you're, you're, so then you start seeing physical changes because if your body's not releasing getting cortisol shut in it, in it all the time, which is the kind of racing through your, your bloodstream you are coming from a place of more, a more rational place. Let's say you're not as emotionally keyed up. So for one thing, you don't get drawn into conflicts with other people as quickly or at all. Even you're much less likely to be drawn into conflict. So you're more emotionally stable. So it makes your, your connections, your relationships with other people stronger because you're not arguing with them. You're not getting drawn into it. You may still have disagreements, but it's not going to be as intense. Mm. You you're better able to you're able to make decisions from a more grounded place. So you become more effective, more efficient, more productive. Uh, what it, oh, it increases your creativity. So why, if why you are that? facing, you know, I think it it is just comes from that that ability to think you know, tap into, okay, I'm not just reacting out of, you're more grounded. So you're more relaxed. You ever notice when you're in the shower or when, I don't know if you're a runner, when you're out on a run, you get all these great ideas because yeah. your whole system is more relaxed and those ideas can come into you.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I experienced that that both all good ideas come in the shower or on runs. Yeah. So oh, okay. So with the gratitude, and you mentioned just one tool. Are, are there other tools around gratitude, or is that kind of the primary one?
1: Well, I like I like that exercise because it's easy to do. It doesn't require any any extra time. Yeah. It just requires a little bit of attention. But I'll tell you a story that when I started that first business, the gratitude, selling the gratitude cookies. The irony was I was not a very grateful person. So <laughs> I was complaining to my friend and mentor one day about, I don't know, whatever the problem du jour was. And he said, Lori, you need to read the book, the science of getting rich. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Have you read it?
0: Wallace bottles. Yeah. Bottles. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. So chapter seven is on gratitude. We had read the book But chapter seven is on gratitude. And he challenged me to read that chapter twice a day for 30 days. And like to really get in there. (laughs) So I did that. And on the 30th day, I I like to joke and say, on the 30th day, I got a call from the editor at Oprah Magazine and she wanted to put the gratitude cookies in Oprah's favorite things. Can you believe it? And I'm on stage and people are like, really? Wow. That's how. Yeah. That didn't happen. Nothing happened. I mean, after 30 days, there was nothing that happened, but several months later, I was driving home from a friend's house and smoke started pouring out of the front of my car on I-95. And I managed to pull off the highway, get to a gas station that was right there. It was 1130 at night on Thanksgiving and call a tow truck, call roadside assistance. Now, normally I would have gone into a rant like, I can't believe this is happening. This, it's Thanksgiving, this uh, hair on fire. You've, you ever been there? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but instead, I immediately went to gratitude. I thought, well, thank goodness I was able to get off the highway safely. And thank goodness I'm only five miles from home. And thank goodness a tow truck driver is coming to get us at 1130 on Thanksgiving night. And that is where I noticed the difference. I immediately went to gratitude instead of freaked out anger and fear. So you can train yourself by by paying attention to doing things like that. So you know, anybody else can take that exercise too. Wallace Waddle's book is in the public domain. You can download it for free <laughs> and read chapter seven for 30 days.
0: Uh, that, that's kind of cool. And, and I, I like the idea that. You noticed it at a later date, not that the heavens parted Oprah called that kind of thing, the way it happens in the movies, like you do the exercise and then suddenly life changes. Yeah. Yeah. But just that you noticed that you had slipped into already operating that way without being aware that you had. And it took a big event to bring that to your attention.
1: Right. Right. And now I do it all the time. And I talk to my friends about doing it. Like they'll call me because they have something's going on in their life. And I'm like, okay, where's the gratitude? Oh, okay. I forgot. <laughs> this is constant reminder, but maybe you can, you know, make a partnership with a friend or a couple of friends and, and have them remind you and you remind them and you keep each other in that gratitude state.
0: Well, I, William, speaking of state, so you had mentioned meditation. That was kind of a, sounded like that was kind of a big game changer for you as well. Yeah. As well as the the, the gratitude. So I guess how, how did you get involved in meditation or what type of meditation do you do? Or better question, what advice would you have for someone who's trying to get started in meditation? I'm asking, well, let me let me reset all those questions. And I'm just gonna go with what benefits do you notice and how can people get started? There we go.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I was fortunate enough that I was I learned meditation when I was 10 years old. My mom took my brother and me to a meditation course now known as the Silva method. I did not use meditation for the next 35 years. And it wasn't until really after she passed, I came back to meditation consistently. So it's interesting. Someone else pointed this out to me that she set us up with that skill to handle or to manage through her passing, but that's when I, so that's when I went, came back to meditation. I had that, that background in it. Although the actual thing that got me back into it is there's, there's a company called Mind Valley Mm -hmm. run by Vishen. Vishen Lakhiani is the founder and he created a meditation. It's called the six phase meditation. And interestingly enough, I read that book and he talks about using meditation for success in his life. Specifically, he started using it for success in business and come to find out that he he was also trained in the Silva method. So he created this six-phase meditation and I came across it. And that's what got me into consistently meditating. It was something about that meditation that resonated with me. And so this is the thing I would give as a key takeaway is find what works for you. You know, I talk to so many people who say, well, I'm not good at meditating or meditation doesn't work for me because they have a misunderstanding of what meditation is. And it is not necessarily, although it could be, sitting on a mat cross-legged for two hours a day in complete silence, emptying your head of any thoughts that you have. That's virtually impossible for most humans. So meditation could be spending time in your garden meditation could be we talked about out being out on a run meditation could be uh, you're sitting in in a church in prayer it's really to me anything that helps you get quiet the thoughts in your mind they're not going to go away but calm that turn the volume down a little bit and get here again, coming back to hearing that voice, your own inner voice, what is your truth? Because we all have an our own inner truth, that voice that is telling us what is right for us. Not for anybody else. Nobody else can know what your inner truth is. Only you hear that voice. And so I encourage people to find again, find what works for them. I personally like a guided meditation with music behind it. And it could be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. There's an app that I love. It's called insight timer and it's a free app. They have more than a hundred thousand meditations. I mean, you can search on topic. If you want to search on anxiety or sleep or confidence, any, any topic, you can search on whether you want it to be guided or you just want music so that you can just listen to the music and get into a, a deep state. But you could search on time. I have 10 minutes, I have 30 minutes, whatever it is. I've found that met that app to be invaluable for myself and a lot of people.
0: And that was Insight Timer.
1: Insight timer.
0: All right. I'm familiar with that one. Excellent.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm an experiment, you know, you don't have to sit, sit down, lie down, walk. I had a podcast guest who said she could never sit quietly because she's so full of energy. Just her natural state was just always going. And a meditation teacher recommended that she spend five minutes dancing before she sat down. And that worked for her get that energy out. And then sit calmly.:
0: Interesting. So how long do you tend to find productive?
1: It really depends on how so I don't I meditate now. I've gotten into it consistently. It took me a long time, so I get it. It's not, you know, I'll just do this and you'll be fine. Like it's a matter of w- sometimes working your way into it, building it into your life. So now I do it every morning before I get into my day. So I wake up, usually I have to go pee, and then I come back and I sit and do a meditation or lie down in my bed and do a meditation usually with a cat walking on top of me. But uh, (laughs) 10, 15 minutes, although I've been lately, I've been getting into really deeper meditations for longer periods of time. It's just been an evolution for a long time. I, I didn't do more than 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. And I go ahead. ahead. I was going to say I recommend for people that it doesn't really matter. I mean, five minutes is better than zero minutes.
0: Yeah, I I heard someone mention once something to the effect of, "If you don't have time to to meditate for fifteen minutes, you really need to meditate for thirty or something like that."
1: Yes, Um, yes, that's Zen proverb or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, all right. So we, we've talked about a couple of tools there just around gratitude and getting into meditation. And I always like the practicality of it, that you know it, you can find the way that works for you, that there are some simple approaches to, to both of them. And, and so that's really helpful. And as we start wrapping up here today, Lori, where can people find you, find
1: more about you, connect with you? Yeah, my website is zenrabbit.com. I am on Instagram under uh, Zen underscore rabbit. And I love hanging out on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Lori sites on
0: LinkedIn. Well, excellent. Well, any final thoughts or anything that we just didn't touch on that, you know, is uh, worth mentioning before we wrap up here today.
1: Just that, you know, this whole concept of gratitude and using meditation and gratitude to find peace and calm, because I, I I'm I'm stuck on like why do people want to live in anxiety? Here, I'm giving you some free tools to help calm yourself. So if you don't, if you're if you're not feeling comfortable living in high anxiety and worry, come use these things and find some calm.
0: I love it. Good advice. And and sometimes I think we live so much in it that we forget that we're in it. Like we just Mm -hmm. don't even notice. Like that's just our day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yet there, yeah, there, there, there is another option out there. You know, we can step out of that and some approaches to do it. So, so I appreciate that, Lori. Thank you so much for being on today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.